All right, everybody. This is Thursday, and you know, over the the, the next few months, I decided I was going to do a Thursday interview of influencers in the network marketing industry, just to give people an idea of who's out there, the thoughts on their mind, the training they can give, the mentorship they can provide, and of course, for the first one, the one that came to mind for me was my mentor, my brother, my friend, um, someone that has changed my life over the next two, last two years more than anybody that I've ever been in 40 years of network marketing. And that, of course, is Mr. Robert Hollis. And so I want to introduce you to Mr. Robert Hollis. He's an eight-figure earner. He's created over 56 millionaires. He's the number 13 top earner in network marketing lifetime. And the thing that I want to tell you more from my heart is here's a gentleman that has a servant heart deeper and more profound than any other mentor that I've ever been involved with, any other person I've ever been around. When your goal in life is to outgive God, that's an indicator of who you are. So without further ado, please let me introduce the man, the myth, Mr. Robert Hollis. <laughs> Well, Ron, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. And, and I, I know where the, the back is coming from, but um, hopefully they don't hear it. God, I'm not sure where the feedback's coming from either. Do you, do you hear it on my side? Um, no, when I talk, I can hear it. So maybe that's no big deal. Well, one of the things I kind of wanted to talk to you about is real quick is, uh, and, and we don't have to make this long and drawn out, but there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that have really never kind of heard your story. <laughs> and um, I, two, two questions I have is, one is maybe a, a short version of your story. And the other is, we're going through a lot of, I don't know what you want to call it right now. I, you know, I am- Unknown. Unknowns. Yeah, things that I know you and I in our lifetime have gone through this a hundred times, right? I was telling my grandkids just today, it's like, honey, you know, the number of viruses and a number of things like this that I've been through in my life, I, I can't even count it. I don't even think about it now. But what it, where, where does, that's the second question. Where does this put the average person and then the person that is in, in network marketing? So, Well, thank you again, Ron. And, and I love and I appreciate you so much. Um, I, I'm honored to be on here. And, uh, you know, my story very shortly is I uh, grew up in North Dakota. And when I grew up in North Dakota, um, you know, all my uncles were just, you know, they never finished school. Uh, there was like, they were all entrepreneurs and they all did extremely well. And so like one was a plumber, one was an electrician, uh, one was, uh, uh, um, you know, carpenter could drywall the other one put the basements in so it was funny my my mom was one and nine and um and it was like i always seen them out you know being entrepreneurs and so the whole reason that they would say that the reason for school is to prepare you for a job well what if you get a job before you before you graduate well then you you graduate <laughs> so I know that there's people who are going to watch this that, you know, you, you become who you hang around and um, and that's me. So at an early time in my life, Ron, I remember my uncle said that I respected the most out of all my uncles. Uh, he made a lot of money in the oil field and he just said, you know, Bobby, listen, he says, I just think you're really, really good with your hands. 
you know, and I had learning disabilities in school. And so, you know, I became a mechanic. And, and so that's, that's what I did. I, you know, people told me I was good with my hands and, and I thought, okay, so I'm just going to do what people tell me. I'm going to go to trade school. I got a degree in, in automotive, automotive. Uh, it was sort of an engineering degree, but, and then I went out and got a job and there you go. You go out and you work hard and, you know, you get married, have a couple of kids, white picket fence, you know, uh, a, a big dog, you know, for some of you, it's a small dog, but it's, uh, <laughs> but that's what I did run. And, and uh, everything seemed to be going okay. But I remember when I was around 26, 27, um, all of a sudden I just felt like, you know, someone lied to me, you know, um, because I was getting by paycheck to paycheck and never failed where, you know, something would happen, a transmission would go out or the water heater would go out and whatever little savings we have, it, it was gone, you know. And even today, to think that that was, um, you know, we're talking 40, you know, 40 years ago. And and it blows me away to this day that they're still saying that people out there that are going through this craziness, you know, have less than two, four hundred dollars in the account. So it's crazy that it still hasn't changed, apparently. Um, and so one of the things is um, I remember losing my passion for being a mechanic. And I just went, you know, am I ever going to get ahead? And I got hurt on the job. And, you know, just like you and I talk about, Ron, we're both a little older than a lot of people on here that may be watching this. And, and when I got, you know, hurt on the job and I had a doctor tell me that I could never support my weight again with my knee um, and that I couldn't be a mechanic anymore, uh, that, that is a time of reflection. Mm -hmm. That's what I just call it, a time of reflection. And I'm like going, holy crap, that's all I know how to do. And that's, only, that's the only thing I'm good at. You know, who am I as far as a human being now? I can't generate revenue to take care of my family. Uh, I could sleep on a park bench, but my, my wife and my sons aren't. And I just can remember just being you know, feeling like I was totally worthless, just, you know, just didn't have anything to offer. And of course, I'm like trying to figure out, you know, while I'm going through workman's comp and, and making 900 bucks, losing everything I own, um, you know, they were, they were telling me I needed to focus on a new career or they wouldn't continue to allow me to get rehab. You know what I mean? So, so you got to focus on a new career. And I'm like, God, I don't even know what I want to do. And I always tell people sometimes, you know, when life beats you up, you know, you got to just pause and ask for help. And, and I can remember, even though I wasn't like a real religious person, I just can remember going, man, if this, this works, it, 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 I'll try it. And I can remember getting down on one knee and the other one was still in a cast and, and, you know, I just very simply just raised my hands and said, you know, God, whatever you're trying to get my attention to do, I'm listening. I'm listening. And uh, Jim Rowan always has this nice thing that he says where, you know, there's a point hopefully in everyone's life where you say, I'm not willing to live like this ever again. And that moment for me was, uh, you know, um, uh, driving around with my son. I pulled the car over to the shoulder of the road and park crutches, you know what I mean? And my son said, you know, dad, if you go up a couple more blocks and hang a left, I think he was probably six at that time or seven. And he said, our apartment's right there on the left. And I didn't know, Ron, how to tell my son that, you know, I didn't 
I didn't want to explain to him that I was hiding the car from the repo man. And I went, I'm just not living like this anymore. He, I remember him looking at me. He goes, why are you crying? And I was like going, I, I, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> and so when you humble yourself that much, or what I say to do sometimes is just surrender, you know, just be willing to say, you know what? I don't have the freaking answers. I, I don't know. And Albert Einstein, one of my favorite people I go to all the time, uh, you know, he's got this saying, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that got you in the problem. <laughs> so for some of you out there that are watching this live or recording, you're going, God, you just don't know what I'm going through. I know everyone's position is unique and, and, and all the things. But one of the things is there is an escape. There is a way out and you got to find other people that have already escaped from your current situation. They know how to get the hell out of there. You know, so I always love using the analogy, Ron, is, is, is of a prison cell. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, listen, I don't know. I guess I'm going to spend the rest of my life here until you find out that someone got out. <laughs> and I was told, uh, I was told this, there's two ways out. One, the one that if you get arrested again, you get more time. And the other people, unlike me at that time, uh, spent a lot of time in this thing called a law library. Mm. So there was, you know, so I need to educate myself and figure out how to do an appeal or get a retrial or, or whatever. Of course, some of the guilty people weren't in there. Maybe that's why I wasn't in there. I just figured it out. It wasn't because I didn't like to read is because I was guilty. <laughs> Serve my time and, and move on with my life. And so, one of the things that I, you know, when you surrender and I was just humble, I was open, you know, and I, you know, when your mind's open like a parachute, it works. And I had this guy named Sean Hennigan call me Ron and he just said everything wrong. That's why I still say to this day that, um, you know, you can't say the wrong thing to the right people. And because I, I was that person, you know, Sean called me up and said, Hey, have you heard of Amway? And I said, no, I don't know anything about it. And he says, well, it's nothing like that. And it's legal. And, and, and I was like, Sean, I don't know what you're saying right now. You know, and he goes, um, so that was his mess up. Right. So then he sort of regrouped and said, I met this guy named Bill Gould and he his check was $62,000. He had it attached to the stub. And he said that he was expanding a company and he was looking for people they didn't need experience and he could show them how to make six figures their first year with his proven training system and i'm like um i'll come pick you up i want to meet this guy now still to this day i laugh ron because the people between me and my mentor bill there was seven of them and only one of them really made a full-time income sean never made any money just didn't follow instructions or wasn't inspired or desperate as me. Mm. Say, so, you know, I had a reason to do what I did. And so when I met him, all I wanted to know is just, just tell me what to do. And I, it's fun to, you know, be learning from Josh and Jenna because they're saying the same three, you know, the, the peak uh, present pass, you know, and, and that's what I did. I, I, I peaked people, got them in front of my mentor's video 
uh, after the video, I asked them what they like most. And they said, well, I, to, to be able to help people and make this kind of money is sort of a no brainer. Excuse me. And they said, well, what will you do next? And the next thing was, you know, the steps to success, which is, you know, get in, uh, get in where you fit in and duplicate the way you were brought in and teach others to do the same. It was like, you know, everybody tries to complicate this profession so much. It's just so simple for me. So that's exactly what I did, Ron. And 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 that's sort of a, a, a an abbreviated story of, of, of my background. And so your second question is, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but my wife and I just got off of Zoom with my son. In fact, they're still on it. And um, when this chaos happened, uh, the coronavirus, people are probably going to get mad when I say this. Nothing in my life changed. Nothing. And there's one person that's responsible for that. And me and my youngest son, Kyle, talked about that because Kyle, nothing's happened in his life either. And we couldn't be um, quarantined uh, unless Terry went out and got stuff for us. And so the one joke that everyone used to make about my wife and probably always will is that we got four fridges. Um, um, she has got a pantry that is unreal. And for some of you that want to know why is she that way is because Terry and I came from no money. Zero, zero money. And so, you know, we've had, and, and during that bad time when I was hurt, uh, you know, we were on welfare and, and uh, Terry would go to a different place in town so no one would recognize her when she bought stuff. And, um, you know, we used to put the little bit of gas in our car that we did by finding, you know, loose chains. And so we never, ever, ever forget that. We just don't. So when Terry has extra money, um, there's two or three of everything in the house. There's <laughs> including refrigerators. <laughs> so the kids that used to run out of money when my oldest was living close to us. You know, it's like, golly, you know, let's just go visit mom and dad because we can not only eat and, and stock up on stuff, but then we can leave with a pretty good bag of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so when I when I see this chaos stuff that's happening, I think one of the things that I'm really blown away with is um, um, I think we've seen the news just a couple of times uh, just trying to catch up with stuff. And I know it's me, but it's, um, you know, they just are mentioning Zoom over and over and over again. And it's like the teachers are using Zoom to to uh, educate their kids, educate the kids in their class. And and uh, today it was funny because they were saying that they're using Zoom on, I think, the Today Show. So they had, you know, the weather guy, Al, he was at home and a few other the people were home. And it's funny that you know, in the midst of all this, I haven't really paid attention to how well Zoom stock is doing. But, you know, for me, uh, coming from the old school, eyeball to eyeball, belly button to belly button, um, all of a sudden I'm trying to get these, you know, old people like me to try to take on the new uh, uh, technology. And now they don't have a choice. So, 
it, it's, it's very, very, very interesting that they're like, how do you do that again? So the groups that I have in Italy and the groups that we have in Hungary and, and Poland, uh, I've been doing trainings for each one of these countries using a translator with their language, teaching them how to use Facebook uh, to meet and greet people, to build that, you know, that relationship, uh, you know, ask them to do you a favor after giving a gift away. And it's funny because they're getting so fast and amazing results because they never did it before. So it's just not age with us, Ron, over there in certain countries, there's a, uh, what is it? I remember the person that said it, but the most dangerous statement in the world is we've always done it this way. Yeah. We've always done it this way. So now that these people are quarantined in their home, you know what I mean? Now they're asking me, well, how do you connect with people on the internet, you know, with Facebook? And I show them and their mouths are just like, oh my God, I had one guy, um, uh, you know, English version of his name would be Frank. Uh, but, um, I didn't even, I just went on Facebook and went to the movie, The Secret, like I normally do. And I forget there's 3 million people there. And I just immediately started showing him how to, how to do it. And all of a sudden he raises his hand. <clears throat> and the question that he asked and Polsky was, um, was I've seen enough. I got to go now. <laughs> And he laughed as he said it. He's like, my God, you just showed me how to connect with millions and millions of people and share this great opportunity. I got to go. I, 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 I got to go. So, you know, for everyone that's out there, you know, I look at like Ron has said, you know, Ron, thank you very much for, uh, you know, being a service to our country. I, I know there's a lot of people out there right now that's going, oh, my God, this quarantine stuff. Uh, you wasn't called to go to war. Yep. That that that's uh, that's a little more scarier deal, you know. So you not only get the uh, constant scare of of someone dropping either a bomb or some kind of chemical warfare on you, but you're out there and they're shooting at you. So you know, um, I thank you for your service. I I'm like in my mind going, this is like nothing, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are freaking out. And the reason that you're freaking out is because that's what you're focused on. I've, I've been there. Um, when they first told me that, um, you know, my leg was messed up and, and that I wouldn't be able to walk uh, without crutches. And um, uh, there were pretty dark times for me because all I was focused on is how bad my knee hurt, how fast I could rehab it. Would I ever get to go back and get a job? I mean, I, I, Garth Brooks is one of my favorite artists and he's got this song, you know, uh, thank God for unanswered prayers because during the time I got hurt, I can't tell you, Ron, how hard I prayed that one day I would co be able to go back and get a job as a mechanic again. Mm. Wow. Thank God he didn't answer that prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, because we would. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, um, you know, during crises like this, you want to constantly think, you know, what you can do to offer other people. A lot of people, what they do is they mentally get stuck and thinking, oh, it, woe is me. The way you can get out of thinking, oh, woe is me, is by learning something and and passing that wisdom off on to people that you know need it. 
And you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, uh, people have, have, have to have ears to hear. So when I first heard about, you know, the science of getting rich and, and wrote that, read that book, like Rhonda Byrne did that made 300 million from it. Um, you know, I couldn't wait to share that book to the world. I just didn't know that the world wasn't ready. There, it was very few pickings where, you know, you could even hear in people's mentality that, you know, well, I don't want to be rich. Mm. You know what I mean? And I thought, wow, the first two chapters of this book would help you with that. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you want to be rich? It allows you to make decisions and it allows you to give to people in need. And so I'm right now is like crazy. I, I, if people knew my lifestyle hadn't changed at all, you know, it's bizarre, you know, all day, every day, I just spend time on the, on the internet, giving people hope and wisdom and inspiring them and encouraging them. I'm doing the same thing I did since the internet was invented. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, I, for, for those of you who are on here live and those of you who are going to be watching the replay, um, you, you're going to have to watch this a couple of times. There are a, a lot of nuggets there, a lot of things that Robert said that you may not have even realized that's going on in your life. Not being focused, worrying about things you can't change, letting your life change when he's, you know, I said this in the beginning, Robert and I have, have lived a relatively good amount of years and been through a lot. And I always tell people, you know what? I don't care what you've been through right now. No one's shooting at you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's there's always something worse. And what we've learned, and I think we both can attest to this, is during this crisis, the one thing that they're asking people to do is to stay in their house. And the one worry that most people have is, how am I going to make money because I can't go to work? And, and what Robert just described was going from a place of not a virus, but a knee injury. How am I going to make money? I've got to work to creating millions of dollars and creating millions and, and creating 50 plus other people that create millions. And I don't even know if he knows the count of how many thousand, I, I you know, know. thousand heirs he's created. I mean, I'm sure uh, I, I'm one of his six figure. you know. <laughs> so, Listening to what he's just told you, I hope this gives you some inspiration and some some hope that there is a better way. Yeah. There is a better way. You don't have to, you know, we, we both uh, right now are in the same company. We've, we've probably known of each other for a long time, just didn't know we did. Right. And um, the owners of the company, I, they just amaze me because to hear, you know, Jenna sit back and, and her life hasn't changed either. For the same reasons, nothing's have to, nothing has to change. That that's when you. And, and again, please understand when I say this, um, you know, there's a lot of humbleness and gratitude and appreciation and and uh, a lot of stuff that comes from that. But it's something that I bought into 33 years ago. So when someone said, "Hey, listen, you know what? You could make." Uh, more than you've ever made by helping other people. And I went, what? You know what I mean? I still didn't understand it at that time. 
and I wasn't comfortable in doing it. It's like uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today and I was going, you know, to think that you go from being introverted as an auto mechanic with two other friends that are auto mechanic to hanging around a, a, a guy that basically says you need to uh, you need to approach everyone within slapping distance. And it's like, you know, stranger danger. And I'm like going, man, you know, how am I going to do that? And people still to this day say, Robert, how do you contact people that you don't know and build a relationship? Because like you heard my story, I remember not having any money. Mm. Worse yet, I remember not having any options. No, no options. Like, oh my God, how am I going to make money? I don't, I can't learn anything else. I can't do anything else. Man, I'm glad I was wrong about me. I, I do have the ability to learn things. I do have ability to follow instructions. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I just have to find someone that's doing better than me, ask them how they got those results and just do that. And I'm doing the same stuff, just different technology. I'm still every day peaking, getting them in front of an effective presentation and then passing them on to Joss and Jenna. And they're smart enough, like my mentor, where when people hear, well, you know, pass it on to your upline. No, pass it on to people that know more than you, that are more documented than you. Uh, um, when I did the steps to success, um, that was my mentor on a VHS tape. That wasn't him in person. That wasn't him on a three-way call. That wasn't him on a Zoom. <laughs> I work with this guy. It's like, okay, you know, so am I, I guess. So it, it's, um, you know, I guess when, when, when people are, because I still think that people don't really, 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 and this is not being negative or positive because um, it's a way you choose to look at it. It's your perception, but I still don't think people even can comprehend the fallout uh, that this coronavirus is happening to people. I really don't think, anyone can even imagine. And I'll tell you the one that they are having difficulty imagining. The longer that you're in this position of having and being forced to um, look at your whole entire life, the more you have to reflect every day. They're making a big deal because people, you know, this is their fourth or fifth day. You know, it's like, you know, um, there's some of you that I believe I, I love using relationships, right? But you know, if all of a sudden you go through a bad relationship and you get a divorce or you break up or worse yet, someone cheated on you, uh, that one thing changes you forever. Yeah. And people right now will never look at their job as security ever again. So now that this has happened, when everybody said it wouldn't, and now they're hearing, oh, the president might send out some checks to people. I know the number one thought that every one of you had. When? How much? And I wonder if I'll get one. How much? When? And, and, and did I already do what I needed to in society to get one of these? Some of you don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you. Are they sending it to people that are that were 
currently had some money taking out of their last check? Mm. <laughs> I know the last time there was some checks sent out, I think it was by George W. Bush uh, during 9-11. Uh, Ron, I didn't get one. <laughs> so I'm not trying to scare any of you out there thinking, oh, my God, I'm not going to get one. I hope you do. But I hope you use it and understanding. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, if everything happens the way it looks to me, Ron, you know, there could be some big companies. I seen a Ford commercial last night saying that, you know, everyone during this times when we're all trying to figure this out together, uh, you know, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna allow you not to pay your car payments until we get this figured out. Yep. I think there's gonna be some big, big companies along with the government's help that some of you would not have to pay rent or you might not have to pay mortgage or you might not have to pay utility bills. Plus, you could really, really be blessed by getting one of these checks on top of that. Don't freaking waste this opportunity to learn something that could supplement and replace your income so you're never put in the spot again. That... If you didn't hear anything else, that was the nugget. It is your decision, your choice at this point in time during all of this going on, whether you get anything or not. I, I, I would contend that probably Robert and I are sitting back going, yeah, we're not getting anything. <laughs> but the other, the other side of that is I'm sitting back and saying it doesn't matter. Because I dug my well before I was thirsty. Planted a tree before you needed shade. Exactly. And you now have that opportunity like Robert was just talking about, right? You you have that opportunity. You know, and, and I want to comment on something else you said uh, about uh, the science of getting rich. I never heard of that book. And I've read, if you can see my library here, I've read every network marketing, get better person, personal development book. And I'd never heard of that. And I did not realize that was the crux of Think and Grow Rich and so many other you know books and so forth. And I had been brought up in an, an environment, uh, a, a Christian environment where we were always taught, you know, money is the root of all evil and, yeah. and stuff and everything. And I remember Robert saying one day, and, and, and I don't remember who he was talking to. I kind of do, but I don't want to say, but, um, and they were saying, you know, it's not all about money. It's not about money for me. It's not about money. And he looked them straight in the face. And we were on a Zoom and he said, well, then make a million dollars and give 900000 away. And that just hit home with me because what you do in this situation, what you do with this chaos that's going on right now is either going to put you in a position that when it happens again, nothing's going to change. Right. You're going to be in the same position or you're going to be in that position because your mindset's changed. You've dug your well, you've planted that tree so that you now can not only help yourself, but help others. So yeah, there was a statement, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Calvin Coolidge, but he says uh, no person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has been, honor's been the reward for what he gave. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, watching what happened when Kobe and his daughter, you know, tragically died. The outspilling because of what he did was because of all the people that he gave to. Oh, and here's the most important part. It wasn't money. 
It was inspiration. It was work ethic. It was leading by example. That's what made him who he was. And, you know, for people that know that he had some, you know, things that were, you know, sketchy in his past, those are things just like this virus. So, you know, he's out there being cocky, thinks, you know, everyone's telling him he's the best and got rings and MVP and, you know, wasn't paying attention. The next thing you know, he's going to court and think, you know, looks like he might lose his whole career. Um, things changed after that in a real big hurry because the thing he valued the most all of a sudden almost disappeared. And so he came back and said, well, I'm just going to put more stuff on this sides of the scale, hoping <laughs> that I do it fast enough and quick enough where people can give me a small little pass for that. And so we are all not perfect, but man, we can change. I, I, I changed every stripe on me. <laughs> so, you know, leopard can't change a spot. There's not a spot on me that that is not the same. So, you know, if no one's ever given you a permission to succeed in life, let Ron and I be the first. And, um, you know, I know for a fact that you can do this and Ron and I believe in you. And I want to say, Robert, to me, and chills on my hair and my arms standing up. You're the epitome of the giver. Um, what you do for us, our team, our family, our community, our culture, um, the lives that you change and impact is is uh, just just amazing. And thank you. When when Robert looks at you and tells you you can do this, he's not saying it just as a cliche. He's saying it because. He means and believes in you and you can do this. So God Amen. bless you, my brother. Uh, God bless. Thank you, Ron. I love you and appreciate you. You're, you're an incredible leader and I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm amazed and I'm so honored and blessed to be on this journey with you. And God bless you, my friend. Goodbye, everyone. Stay safe. Thank you, everybody. God bless. God bless.